Prophet came with this deen, one of the central components of the religion was to try to humanize people, to make the already difficult circumstances of the world more tolerable. And one of the central ways of doing that was to help people get outside of their egocentricity because not only is there a benefit for yourself when you're less egocentric, but it's making life a lot easier for other people. And so when the more people that do that, the better life becomes. That's what's so ironic about egocentricity. Egocentricity makes life miserable for everybody. And when you, be, when you begin to get out of yourself and actually start thinking about other people, if you get a critical mass of people doing that, then you really begin to create paradise on earth. It's not the double shot, triple cappuccino. You know, it's like, tafaddal. Can I get you something? Can I help? That's, that is what makes life much more enjoyable as an experience. It's not the satisfaction of the self. That is the apparent, that's the illusion of happiness. Is that if I can just satisfy myself, I'm going to be happy. That's the illusion of happiness. The real happiness is actually in serving others. That's where the real happiness, in fact, in philosophy, they actually call it the hedonistic principle because it's a paradox. Why people feel good about, I mean, they just did a study on brain about people giving charity and all the pleasure zones in the brain were fired off when people were giving charity. <laughs> because people feel good about helping other people. It's a way we're designed. But the nafs is there to prevent that. Nafs, shaitan, hawa, and dunya. The enemies of the human are there to prevent that. And that's why the beauty of the prophetic way is that the Prophet he said, I did not see any evil, but I warned you about it. And I did not see any good, but I guided you to it. That he's already given you all of the guidance. And then it becomes a matter of, are you going to follow it or not? You know, are you going to practice these things? And they're amazing principles. And one of the examples that I've used many times, and Sheikh Abdullah al-Qadi, you can ask him about this because he was there and witnessed this. The Prophet said that none of you will enter paradise until you believe and none of you will believe until you love one another. And then he said, can I tell you something that if you do it, love will begin to grow amongst you. And they said, yes, indeed, Ya Rasulullah. And he said, spread peace amongst you. Now, the primary meaning of that is actually give the greeting of peace. Afshu salam bainakum. But it also, it obviously has just what it means. Spread peace amongst you. But, you know, we were... We, we were in Medina and we used to go every morning the same door and there was a man there, very grumpy man, you know, one of these guards at the door. And the first day I said, Salaam Alaikum to him and he just, he looked at me, he's like, Wa Alaikum Salaam, you know. It's just. And then the next morning we came, same man, and I was with Sheikh Abdullah and I smiled, said, Salaam Alaikum and he was like, Wa Alaikum Salaam, you know. And then the next day I came, same man, this is a true story. And I said, Salaam Alaikum. And he looked at me and just a tiny smile broke. And then the next day I came 
Assalamu alaikum, you know, sabah al And I swear to God, Sheikh Abdullah al Qadi was there. He came up and he hugged me. <laughs> you know, just it, it takes work. People don't, they don't, we don't want to do that work to break down these, you know, human icicles. And people have reasons why they are the way they are. And a lot of it is just they didn't get enough hugs when they were kids or whatever. I don't know. There's a lot of reasons for it. Why people are in the state. The lack of trust that they have for other people. Uh, there's a lot of reasons. But that, that aspect of our dean is so ignored. You know, this aspect of just adab and treating people with respect, you know, with human dignity, it's so ignored. And then the Muslim Ummah wonders why nobody treats us with respect. We don't treat each other with respect. Why should anybody respect us? Why should God grant us that gift of being respected if we don't respect each other? You know, if we don't have just basic ethar, you know, tafaddal. And I'll just give you one more example of this. Uh, when I was in Medina, I was with a man driving, and um, somebody cut him off, and he started honking his horn. And, and, uh, and I just said to him, you know, uh, I said, that, that, that is su it's such a horrible thing to hear in this city, all the honking that goes on. Mecca's the worst for that, for honking. I mean, it's just people, and the amazing thing is they honk when it's meaningless. Like honking, you know, there's a reason to honk. Honking, I mean, there's a reason why you have a horn in your car. Because it's like to, to stop something really dangerous from happening. Or, you know, if somebody really does something, you know, you honk and let them know it, that wasn't appropriate. I want a bumper sticker, don't shoot, I admit I'm a lousy driver, you know. Um, but people, you know, people do things, they cut you off sometime by mistake. And people, whenever they get cut off, they never remember the times they've cut off people by accident. There's always the assumption, what an idiot. So, uh, this man, I just told him, I said, you know, the, the maqam of driving is ethar. They prefer others to themselves. That's the maqam of driving, because when people have that type of adab on the road, driving is much more safe, and it's actually a much more, uh, it's, it's already a difficult thing to drive. It's not, you know, it's an intense thing to do. You're traveling at high speeds, and uh, it's very dangerous. It's already a difficult thing. But when people have courtesy on the road, it just makes it easier to handle all those difficulties. So I just told him that. He said, no, you don't understand here. Everybody, it's nafsi nafsi. And I said, well, don't be one of those people. You know, you need to change. I came back a year later. And uh, the same person, he's actually the son of a sheikh in Medina, a really sweet man. And a year later, and he told me, and I'd completely forgotten about this, you know, just that incident. But he told me, you know, I had an amazing experience this year um, based on something you said last year. And I said, what? And he said, do you remember when 
the, I told, got angry with that person, cut me off, and you said, you know, you should really prefer people driving. He said, well, I decided to do that, to practice that. And he said, I was amazed at what I saw. Like people, just how they responded to that. You know, so he, he experienced that, just of doing that. But you need to create critical masses. I mean, that's what the Prophet Sallallahu what's so amazing is that he was able, because he was such a powerful transformative agent himself, I mean, the most powerful. Nobody's ever, no human has ever accomplished what he did in the time that he was given. And then that early generation, nobody's done that with lasting effects. I mean, you know, Genghis Khan was short-lasted. What he did was quite stunning, but it was short-lived. It wasn't like the Muslim phenomenon. I mean, the Christians, it took them hundreds of years to achieve what they did. The Muslims achieved uh, in a hundred years what is still considered largely the Muslim world. It's still the Muslim world. It's one of the great human achievements. So the Prophet ﷺ came with these incredible principles to help people help themselves and to help navigate the world in a way that makes it much easier to bear. Because it's already difficult. The world is difficult. It's a ibtila liabluakum. You know, we, we created you to test you, to try you, and it's already an ibtila. And so trying to implement these things is really what the deen, it's at the essence of our deen, it's at the essence of our religion, and it's something that needs to be re-centralized in our religion. Sayyidina Qibr Attas said that the, the crisis of this ummah is adab. That, that's what he said, and, and I really believe that. He said that adab is a loss of prioritization because when you put yourself first, everything else is chaos. When you put yourself first, when you are your major concern, everything else is chaos. Now, that is not to negate anfuskum, take care of your souls. But taking care of the souls in reality is taking care of other souls. I mean, that, that's, that's the reality of it, is that when you begin to get out of that egocentricity and move into a world that actually is taking other people into consideration, that that, that is nurturing your own soul. That's how you work on yourself.